2: Welcome back to Live Mike, episode 105. I am Lee A little bit of history happened this morning. That phrase may sound after a while to become trite, that history is being made every day. Well, it is. You know, it's not every day that we find ourselves in the midst of a global pandemic. So every step along the way, even if it's a misstep, every step along the way is going to be a little bit of history. And there will be epidemiologists and historians and doctors and students and researchers who years and years down the road will look back on the decisions that we made today. And they will look back on events like the one that took place today as they evaluate and tell the story of the year the coronavirus showed up, the year that humanity and the coronavirus went to battle. My fingers are crossed, and my hopes are that you and I, as members of humanity's side of things, ultimately we will emerge victorious. I believe we will. Science seems to indicate that we will. Experts like Dr. Angela Dunn, who just spent the last 40 minutes with uh, Debbie Dejanovic filling in on the coronavirus call-in program, that all indicates that we're on a good path. And much of what was shared this morning in a Senate hearing by medical officials who are leading our nation's fight against the coronavirus, that all seems to indicate that we are on a good course. So what happened this morning? The U.S. Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions got together, some of them in person, many of them joining remotely, to include Utah Senator Mitt Romney. He joined via video link. He, behind him, had pictures of his family, dozens of photos all framed and placed close to one another of his family. Young folks, old folks, people enjoying themselves. That was Senator Romney's background. It was interesting to see uh, into the homes of other senators and medical professionals. Uh, That's a little tangent I find myself taking from time to time, observing uh, the background of things. In fact, uh, Lamar Alexander, who heads up the committee, which uh, assembled just this morning to speak to these medical officials, he uh, spoke to us from a beautiful-looking cabin where over his shoulder there is a dog reclined on it. A real dog. A real dog uh, Lamar Alexander, shared the screen with his pet dog, who was uh, in repose, uh, sleeping seemingly very comfortably on a folded blanket in the warm, comfortable confines of lamar alexander Lamar alexander's socially distant cabin and there were others who, who of course spoke to us from their. From their homes, and what was said was very interesting. What I want to do is, for the next few minutes, take uh, the time to walk through some of the questions that were asked and some of the answers that were given by these experts. Now, who are the experts? Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has become essentially a rock star of medicine. Is that right? <laughs> a rock star. There is a there's a bakery near where I grew up, uh, just outside of Rochester, New York, and this bakery. They came up with cupcakes where somehow I guess in cupcake technology you're able to print images, photos, and they printed photos of Dr. Anthony Fauci on these cupcakes and cookies. Dr. Anthony Fauci, (laughs) medical rock star. Uh, Alongside, quote unquote, Dr. Fauci was Dr. Robert Redfield who is the director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, also joining these two medical experts were the assistant secretary for health with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, as well as the commissioner uh, from the FDA, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the commissioner of food and drugs. So the the, the top of their class, all four of these gentlemen uh, leading uh, on the front lines of this battle against the coronavirus. Dr. Anthony Fauci said unfortunately, that the U.S. will not have a COVID vaccine or treatment available in the fall, calling the prospect, unfortunately, a bridge too far. The
1: idea of having treatments available or a vaccine to facilitate the reentry of students into the fall term would be something that would be a bit of a bridge too far.
2: That is a heartbreaking reality. If you think about this, uh, if you think about the way universities and colleges around the country operate, what their business model is, it's not only the tuition, which is paid, which keeps the lights on and keeps the engine churning and the teaching and the learning and all that happening. It is also a room and board. And if what Dr. Anthony Fauci has to share with us here. That expecting a covid-19 vaccine or treatment to be available to be available by the fall being a bridge too far that means there's a good chance that some of this distance learning will continue through the summer and into the fall the next semester and i don't think it's unreasonable to think that there are some smaller colleges and universities around the country maybe those who don't have the big cushy endowments of some of the bigger institutions they have to shut their doors. May have to get out of the business of teaching. May have to tell the prospective students who would like to take advantage of maybe the lower prices and the convenience that, you know, I'm sorry, we're just not in the business of teaching anymore. That may be one of the victims of this coronavirus. That's a heartbreaking thing. I, I hope, I hope that Dr. Fauci is on this front proven wrong and that schools, at least uh, higher education, is able to commence again in the fall so that the, the institutions right now that are in jeopardy will be able to remain offering uh, their services. Let's move on here to one of the senators who uh, asked questions. I, I mentioned that Senator Mitt Romney is a member of this committee, and we in the next segment are going to dedicate the whole, the whole time to speaking and, and sharing what Mitt Romney had to ask and the responses that he was able to get from the medical experts. Another member of the U.S. Senate to participate in today's hearing was Bernie Sanders. You remember him? We talked about him yesterday. He, alongside another senator, Senator Harris, they've got a plan to hand out $2,000 to every American over 16. Anyway, that's the last time we spoke about Bernie Sanders, and he's in the news again today as he asks Dr. Fauci, about official death statistics related to the coronavirus.
1: The official statistic, uh, Dr. Fauci, is that 80,000 Americans have died uh, from the pandemic. There are some epidemiologists who suggest the number may be 50% higher than that. Uh, What do you think? Um, I'm not sure, Senator Sanders, if it's going to be 50% higher, but most of us feel that the number of deaths are likely higher than that number because th- given the situation particularly in New York City when they were really strapped with a very serious challenge to their healthcare system that there may have been people who died at home who did have right. COVID who were not counted as COVID because they never really got to the hospital so in direct answer to your question I think you are correct that the number is likely higher
2: you get that it means that the numbers, specifically in New York City, but likely across the country in terms of how many individuals have lost their lives as a, redic- a direct result of contracting the coronavirus, may be much higher. Why? Well, because some of those folks died at home. Some of those folks never made it to a health care facility. Many of those folks never made it to uh, the ICU or the ventilator or whatever piece of technology would have kept them alive and they passed away at home, not included in these numbers of coronavirus casualties. That's a heartbreaking thing uh, because it means that this virus may be a little more potent than we thought. There are other indications, though, uh, that that's not exactly the case, and so time will tell once we're able to get a full and complete picture of that. Before we go to break, I want to share one last comment. This one came from Dr. Fauci. Again, as he responded to Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, you'll remember Senator Paul tested positive himself for the coronavirus, also is a medical doctor himself. Senator Paul argued that children should go back to school because they have a lower rate of contracting the coronavirus. So another doctor, Dr. Fauci, uh, responded this way.
1: I think we've got to be careful if we are not cavalier in thinking that children are completely immune to the deleterious effects. All
2: right, so that's very quick. But the idea there encapsulated, and Dr. Fauci elaborates on this later, is that we do need to pay attention to the children. And we do need to be mindful, certainly, of the impact that the coronavirus could and does have on children, especially uh, their organs. Some of the complications have been uh, attacking of the organs. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, a uh, fascinating conversation. We're going uh, to look at what Senator Romney had to ask of these various experts, Dr. Fauci included, and the head of the CDC and others. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
1: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
2: Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.
1: They said, you need to give us your phone and...
2: About 20 U.S. senators got together, quote, unquote, got together, many of them via video links, some of them gathering together in the Dirksen Senate office building in Washington, D.C. to conduct a committee hearing. The U.S. Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions got together to ask questions of witnesses, Dr. Anthony Fauci, CDC Director Robert Redfield the Assistant Secretary for Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, as well as the FDA Commissioner. They all made themselves available to 20-some-odd United States Senators. Before the break, we talked about some of the questions asked of these medical experts, these medical leaders, those who are steering the fight against the coronavirus here in the United States. One name on that list of Senators... He's a relatively new senator amongst the rest of them, a name that's not new to us here in Utah, Uh, but Senator Mitt Romney was among those who had the occasion and the opportunity to speak to these medical leaders, and he took that opportunity this morning to ask exactly the questions uh, he was after and to get the information he was looking for and also what you will hear in just a moment to make a statement comparing his view to that of President Trump when it comes to testing. I'll let you hear that when it comes up. Right now, though, I want to walk through some of these questions. His first question was directed at the Assistant Secretary for Health at the Department of Health and Human Services on a comment made uh, about the dur- during the President's press conference uh, just yesterday. So here what I'll do for you is I'll play the question asked by Senator Romney and the response to, given to him by the doctor who held up the... Department of Health and Human Services. Here's Senator Romney.
0: Folk, I understand that politicians are going to frame data in a way that's most positive politically. Uh, of course, I don't expect that from admirals. But yesterday, you celebrated that we had done more tests and more tests per capita even than South Korea. But you ignored the fact that they accomplished theirs at the beginning of the outbreak, while we treaded water during February and March. Uh, and, uh, and as a result, uh, by March 6th, The U.S. had completed just 2,000 tests, whereas South Korea had conducted more than 140,000 tests. So partially as a result of that, they have 256 deaths and we have almost 80,000 deaths. I find our testing record, nothing to celebrate whatsoever. Uh, The fact is their test numbers are going down, 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 down now, because they don't have the kind of outbreak we have. Ours are going up, up, up as they have to. I think that's an important lesson for us as we think about the future. Uh, on, a, on a separate topic, uh, uh, my impression is that with regards to vaccines, the, the, where I'm critical of what we've done on testing on vaccines, we've done a pretty darn good job of moving ahead pretty aggressively. And, and yet the president said the other day that President Obama is responsible for our lack of a vaccine. He, uh, Dr. Fauci, um, is President Obama, or, or by extension, President Trump, did they do something that, that made the likelihood of creating a vaccine less likely? Are, are either President Trump or President Obama responsible for the fact that we don't have a vaccine now or, or in delaying
1: it in some in some way? No, no, Senator, not, a, not at all. Certainly President Obama nor President Trump are responsible for our not having a vaccine. Uh, we moved, as you said, because I described it in my opening statement, rather rapidly, no one has ever gone from knowing what the virus was to a phase one trial as fast as we've done. So I don't think that's something that One should say anybody's responsible for doing anything wrong on that. I think that's right.
2: Senator Romney continued his questioning, this time directing a question at Robert Redfield. You've seen him before. He has that distinctive white beard, uh, no mustache, just a beard. He heads up the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. And Senator Romney asked about a certain type of data. And in fact, this is a curiosity I have had myself about real-time data. How is it that we have gone this long without the ability to have real-time data and information? Here in the state of Utah, it appears that we have been able to uh, figure that out. And right now on the coronavirus.utah.gov website, we do in fact have real-time data to include the number of hospitalizations at any given time. We have demographic information. We have all sorts of information that stands alongside the cumulative data, the cumulative number of how many individuals Utahns have lost their lives as a result of the coronavirus or how many have in total tested positive for the coronavirus. Senator Romney would like more information. He would like it at the national level, and he was able to ask the director of the CDC why we don't yet have it. Looks like I'm having a technical difficulty here, but let me just summarize exactly what it was the senator asked and what the response was from Dr. Redfield. The senator said... Why is it? How is it that we right now, first off, we've been dealing with this coronavirus for how many weeks now? We have also been a rather technologically advanced nation for so many years. How is it possible that we today do not have a real-time look at the data that would be so useful to us as we combat this coronavirus? Uh, I, it, it, It's a fascinating question, and the response was... Uh, surprisingly, if I'm honest, from uh, Dr. Redfield, he wrote back or he responded and said, you know, it's inexcusable. Uh, I I am sorry for that. We do need this data. We need the resources and we need the systems in place uh, to bring it about. The senator responded by saying, how can Congress help? What can we do on our end to aid in your effort to collect the data that is so needed and necessary and vital to slow the spread of this coronavirus and ultimately put us on the victorious side of things. And uh, I am grateful to both uh, the director of the CDC as well as Senator Romney for addressing that. I mentioned that it's a question that I have had myself. And in fact, in the next segment, we're going to be speaking to a friend of mine, Dr. Stephen Mobley, who has been a guest repeatedly on this program, and he... As he and I were speaking recently, he said, you know, we ought to have this type of data. It's available. We know that the state, the coronavirus task force is collecting it. We know that they are able to track how many individuals are at any given time hospitalized due to complications arising from the coronavirus. We know, too, that they are able to track and tabulate the demographic data, which is associated with the coronavirus why don't we have that publicly? Why hasn't it been reported? Well, it was not long after that conversation, which was on the air here on this radio program, that the state, in fact, did start sharing that type of data. Much to the delight of uh, me and Dr. Mobley, who will be my guest next, to walk through what this newly released data here at the state level teaches us and how it better aids us to combat uh, the coronavirus as it does its best to spread through Utah and we do our best to stop that. Gonna take a break right now when we come back it's Dr. Stephen Mobley, my guest. We're gonna talk about numbers. That's ahead on live mic. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.